Welcome back to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson. Mm-hmm. We're going through the Gospel of Luke, and we are starting in chapter 14 Right. for this one, and um, kind of, I mean, all of it just continues in the same talk. Similar vein, like. yep. Um, so we're going to talk some today about, more about this banquet and this wedding feast mm-hmm. that was kind of mentioned over here in Luke 13. Yeah. Um, and we talked about it a little bit, so uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But mm-hmm. first, we just want to thank you for listening. Thank you for following us and um, being a part of this discussion. We would love to hear from you, your thoughts, questions, mm-hmm. whatever. And you sure can would. email us. You can um, send it through the the podcast, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, our website is eatscripture.com. You can go there and find out some other things about our ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a donate page if you would like to help us out. And we just, we couldn't do all of this without you. And so we appreciate you so much. Um, so let's get into chapter 14 here. Mm-hmm. Let's do, because this is, I think, really good. And it's also one of these that's another one where we find a Sabbath problem. So we keep Luke keeps building on this same idea that we have seen. Jesus keeps running into headlong this problem with the expectations of the religious leaders, what can be done on the Sabbath versus what he keeps doing on the Sabbath, which is to help people. <laughs> and they right. are not every time it's kind He's of throwing them off and they don't he know. just keeps showing them picture after picture yes. of what the Sabbath is really all about. And yeah. they just keep... It's about, and you know, of course it's pro, about providing shalom to mm-hmm. people. Not not just keeping a shalom in the sense of peacefulness not working all day. Right. But a shalom of all of life. A peace. A peace with one another, a peace with the world, a peace with God, and let there be a peace that reigns throughout your life and your heart in a way that, so he's, as he steps into people's lives, as he really brings Sabbath rest to people, it has everything to do with providing environments where there's a sense of harmony and peace. And when the Sabbath was first established Mm -hmm. in Genesis. Yes. That was really the whole meaning of it. It had been yeah. chaos yes. without form and void. Yes. And then those seven days of creation. Six were, days. Or, uh-huh. Yeah, six days, sorry. That's right. We're bringing um, a peace. Yeah. We're, we're all, we're, everything's being order. created. There's order. There's working together constantly. And then you finally get to that seventh day. He oh, said, look. oh, it was so good. Yes. And everything's then on the seventh in place. day, he could rest Yes. Everything was in order. Yes. And so that's what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. He's invited us to rest in that with him. That's right. So we get to the Sabbath again, and that's exactly where we're taking our minds. Go back to uh, what he wants is what we saw on in Genesis chapter two, verses one through three. That's what we really are trying to get to. So. All right, well, let's get into this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be good for us to start just by reading this first part of the story. It's going to go on and we're going to keep going, but maybe just this first part, verses one through six to start. Okay. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. 
And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to him, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on the Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Hmm. Well, Jesus says once again finds himself in the home of a Pharisee, first of all. Now, it happens yes. to be a Sabbath day, so we expect he's going to get himself in trouble on the Sabbath again. But it's right. not just in a synagogue. It's in a home of a Pharisee. Right. And this you, is the third saying, time this has happened in Luke. Exactly. Uh, right. In 736 and 1137 mm-hmm. in a year. Okay. And we don't see this again. Yeah. And, well, we, and we don't see, yeah, Mark or Matthew don't include him meeting a Pharisee's house. Yeah, I don't re- even remember ever noticing that before no. until... It's this time Luke. through Luke, and I'm like, oh, yeah. well, I didn't know he went to eat at the Pharisee's house. Right. We always pictured Jesus as so antagonistic uh-huh. with these religious leaders that he would never be caught dead and, you know, dining with them in one of their houses. But that's just not true. That's obviously Jesus spent some time around these guys, real quality time, over the table, having conversations. I mean... Uh, being in table fellowship with people was a big deal. Was a very big deal. And so I yeah. do think, as it says here, they were watching him carefully. Mm-hmm. I do think they were trying to figure out what he was all about. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, they Some didn't of always probably, have great motives. Maybe. Right. Exactly. Some of them with very bad motives. Others, though, maybe not. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe even a lot if of they people... did, I, we don't know how many of them later. Well, later rethink what their thoughts were and come to the conclusion that this Jesus was I think it's a great example for us because he he knew Mm -hmm. that a lot of them were he knew they were watching him carefully sure but he went anyway yeah because he knew that there were there was a message that needed to be spoken there was a chance that someone there might hear and believe yeah I think so too so I think he's taking all that into account Verse 2, and behold, there was a man before them who had, before him, who had dropsy, which is what we know of as edema in our modern world. Um, we, this word dropsy is used in the ESV, but it's certainly not what's used in all uh, translations. So it's where fluid gets trapped in the body um, at different really? places. Yeah. Okay. So more of a. I wonder why they call it dropsy. Yeah. Good That's question. Weird. I don't okay. know. That is strange. Not a Bible question, but I just thought I'd throw yep, that out there. Couldn't tell you. Okay. Um, but uh, so you've got swollen joints or swollen parts of your body, different places. Jesus, it says, responded to the lawyers and the Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? So he just throws the question right out there when he sees mm-hmm. this man with edema and it's a Sabbath day. Right. But on verse four, it says they just... I mean, Shut he up. almost asked permission from him. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's almost but like, they didn't yeah, say trying anything. to get him to, yep, at least wait in, say something. Well, they could keep completely silent. So are they silent because they're waiting for him to do something that they can get him on? Or are they silent because they truly don't know how to answer a question like that? It's a little, you know, lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not. There really may be some some people in the crowd who feel, who are on both sides of that subject. Right. You know? Right. Um, and notice that in this little passage, uh, Jesus is the only one speaking. Mm-hmm, yeah. Nobody responds to him in this whole thing. It's just him talking. Very interesting. 
It says, Then he took him, the man with edema, and healed him, and sent him away. And then Jesus says to him, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on the Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply. Yeah, they were not able to reply. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, it feels like they're mute in a way. Mm Mm-hmm. Which we yeah. talked about how that kind of takes us back to even, even the first Zechariah. part of Luke and Zechariah not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His lack of belief mm-hmm. caused him to be mute until mm-hmm. he showed that he was on board with God's plan. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know if that is playing into this, but it is interesting. Um, yes. Which of you having a son or an ox is weird. Yeah. I do have a note in my Bible that some manuscripts say it's a donkey. Donkey or ox. Having a donkey or an ox, which makes more sense to me. It does make more sense, but that's maybe why they actually leave son in the text in verse 5. Because you usually go with the harder reading. Right. It would be natural for a scribe in copying the text to make it a similar thing. Here, let me help my audience. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a way to say that. So I'm going to say it this way. Well... That's prob- probably the harder reading is the more likely reading simply because it would be harder. Um, so. And because this man to him is a son. Yeah, yeah, right. This man would be a son to Jesus, yeah. as it were. Yeah, yeah the one he's just healed. So, so maybe, a, maybe very much an implication in the way he's saying that, that he's trying to get them to see further. Uh, than what they than what they're used to seeing, so I like that a lot actually. So so when he asked the question though, they got nowhere to go, mm-hmm. and of course he's saying it would be silly to think that your ox could fall in a hole. But love your son, my goodness. But your ox could even fall in a hole on the Sabbath day, and you're not gonna do what you need to do to get it out of the hole and get it okay. You're gonna look down there and go, well, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he can even get out of there or. Or has the ability now to to walk, but can't leave until tomorrow. I can't I've start now. Yeah, I've got all the power, wait. but just can't help him. Doesn't matter what happened to him. And um, so Jesus wait for tomorrow. Man, and he has the power. He's not going to wait till tomorrow. No, exactly. So it's a really great passage to help us understand what it is that the Sabbath is really for. It's right. for helping people, for giving people a hand up out of their desperate situation. Taking them out of their chaos and giving them peace. peace. Yeah, that's right. So this is how Jesus kind of starts this little talk with them and definitely they're they're not knowing where to go right now. They got nothing to reply to at this point. They're, they're just kind of all sitting here maybe staring at each other or staring at him or not knowing what to say. And then he goes straight into this parable that he's telling in verse 7. So I think from here, now that we've we've had this talk, this part of the talk where Jesus is really addressing this need to use the Sabbath to help people and to be about people's needs and to be helpful to people. So that's sitting on the table right now. Now let's get to verse 7 and through 11 and see how this parable is going to work. parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor saying to them 
When you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Hmm. Seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. The parable just really comes out um, pretty strongly in favor of humility, which is, I'm sure, what a lot of these Pharisees need, but it's what all of us need. I mean, there's nothing, nobody's immune to feeling this way and wanting to have a place of honor among a crowd or a group or be honored or however it might be. It feels very much like the same story in Luke 13 Mm. over here Mm -hmm. where it talks about, you know, the people coming and they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth because they won't get a place and yeah. Um, then mm-hmm. he's going to invite these people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think that you're right, and the the but the humility for sure is in both places coming out. Right. Um, no the other one it. says, "Some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last," which is what's so happening get, that's here. That's the point. Yeah. That's and this just... one ends with, "For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted." Same. Different same words, concept. same exact yeah. concept. Yeah. Right. So this continues to be a giant, giant lesson uh, for disciples to understand. For and manners. certainly just for people <laughs> in general. Yeah. For, no. It's kind of cracks me up because like, he starts talking about this. Oh, when you're invited to a mm-hmm. wedding or when you're invited to a banquet mm-hmm. or when you give a banquet, mm-hmm. I just am thrown back to my childhood when I took classes on how to, you know, throw a party and right. set a table and mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff what the proper way to do things was and um, yeah, that's not what this is about no right <laughs> um, this is interesting to us because we don't go to banquets at people's houses or, or fancy dinners at people's houses and then the seats are arranged by the order of standing of each of the guests that's mm-hmm. not generally how it's done do you think there's something about that that crosses over um it's not and yet i do see that at certain events that you go so. to that people who have maybe donated more money well yeah it's get big a better seat. yes i'm talking about just eating at somebody's house but anyway no okay. not at somebody's house i don't or maybe i'm just not going to the right parties <laughs> i don't think so yes we do this in like big banquet halls where we have big uh dinners where donors are involved and different things then you get better seats depending on how much you give this is a wedding feast yes so a little bit different maybe if they brought nicer gifts they got better seats i don't know um, uh, i don't know <laughs> if that would be it uh, but however it is however the standing is determined your seats were better because they were closer right. to the host and here He's telling these people to take seats that are lower, of lower, considered lower standing. And then you'll be invited, when you get invited to come up higher than that, it's going to look really good for you. Right. But if you think of yourself so highly that you sit in one of the higher seats, 
one of the ones closer to the front, and then you have to be asked later on, "Oh, I need you to move down a little bit because yeah, I need that this would other be one to sit here." How embarrassing that would be! And so, always thinking of ourselves rightly is very important in the kingdom. I think that's and that's the clear message that's coming across here is think of yourself properly. Even put yourself, you know, lower than you might consider, because then. If there is a need, you know, you, others can tell you, "Hey, you're really good in my eyes. I'm. I really like you. I really think that you're a valuable person." As opposed to having somebody have to tell us, you know what? You might want to check your pride there a little bit, buddy. I think you. I think you got an issue that you might want to deal with. That's going to feel really hard to hear. Um, and so we would much rather. Put ourselves in a proper place in our own mind uh, and in our own heart, than have to deal with those those words and issues later on. And so here we have the way that works out, and that works itself should work itself out in the church, obviously too. There should be a a humility in our whole fellowship. We shouldn't be the kind of people that arrange ourselves according to standing, right? And But be even concerned about that. That's right. Unfortunately, it can. It can filter itself in. That whole thought can filter itself in so easily to a, any group, and the church is not immune. And we can wind up having classes. <laughs> I was about to say have classes in church. We can <laughs> have classes class in system. church. We can have a class <laughs> system in church where people are seen as better because of this fact or that fact. They they give more on Sunday. They put more, or we assume even if we don't know. People who are assumed to put more in the plate are of higher standing than other people, or people who look better and are socially acceptable. Those are of higher standing than other people. I mean, we are so, as human beings, so prone to comparison and prone to this kind of evaluation of others that it gets us into terrible trouble when we try to gather as God's people and stay in a good place. So I think that you know that is, applies as much to this as anything. I think really important for us to remember that. Really important then for us to see what Jesus is doing here as he's trying to keep building a kingdom that doesn't base itself on these kinds of evaluations. Right. I think.、Uh... Now going from there, he is going to lead straight into another parable because well, he's not going to. But somebody's going to ask him, throw a question out、uh, to him. I think what Jesus, by Jesus talking about the banquet here and and what he's done, then we're going to have Jesus talk to the man who's invited him and giving the dinner and about who it is that you need to be thinking about inviting to your dinner. And this is going to lead to a whole other question, which can be a different、okay. parable. <laughs> yeah, yeah.、Okay. But let's start in verse twelve and and、uh, read on, and then we'll put the pieces together. Okay. Okay. He said also to the man who had invited him. When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, 
and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges, and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Mm-hmm. I definitely think this is going to move um, in subject matters very closely and and very fluidly into our next section which we will talk Mm -hmm. about next time we're going to talk about this one first but I do think it's going to move very smoothly into that cost of discipleship issue that we're going to see come up immediately whenever Jesus here though is is telling this parable in the great banquet First, let's go back to verse 12 through 14 and see that what Jesus there is he talks to the man who has invited him and talks to him about the kind of people that he should, he should be, be inviting to his right. banquet. Which, I mean, that is a little awkward. Mm-hmm. At the yeah, party, at the know. very party where all these people are sitting. Oh, and by the way, next time, you should probably invite these kinds of people. Mm-hmm. What does that say about the guests that he has right here? Yeah, um, I do wonder because it says over here that this man with dropsy was there. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. don't know if he was an inviting guest Yeah, or if don't he was know. just standing mm-hmm. Happened by. to be close by somehow. Because we know that yeah. that when a great teacher would come, when a teacher would come to mm-hmm. uh, you know, invite them to dinner, that a lot of times onlookers would be invited in to listen, because mm-hmm. um, that's why we think right. that the sinful woman was at yeah. the other Pharisee's house. Right. Um. So he could have been one of those, but he could have been invited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could have. And Jesus is making clear here that when you give a feast, invite poor, crippled, lame, and blind. I mean, does he mean exactly those kinds of people, or is that metaphorical, or, you know, what? And I do think, you know, both. I mean, obviously, you know, yeah, everybody, um, metaphorical and physically, poor, crippled, blind, lame, um, and you'll be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. This is how you, you shouldn't expect always to get something back from those right. that you do nice things for. Right. You should be making sure that you're doing it for people who can't. And those people would have back. been thought of as people who weren't righteous. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or else definitely. they wouldn't be in these they situations. They wouldn't be in their bad situation. Yeah. Wouldn't be lame, wouldn't be blind, crippled, whatever. I'm poor. Now, what this does is prompts one of the Pharisees who's listening, or one of the, I shouldn't say Pharisees, one of the ones who's listening to him 
it prompts him to yell something out, you know, to yell something back. I know, back this is kind of comical Jesus. To me. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, this is the kind that Jesus says, these are the kinds of people you should really think about when you're inviting people to your banquet. This man who's in the group around him, he's obviously reclined at invited because he's reclined at the table. Yes. Says, blessed is everyone who will eat in the kingdom of God. So he goes straight to, oh yeah, there's a great banquet, eat bread. There's a great banquet coming where the invitees are going to have an awesome time. And of course, he's thinking of himself and others who are are, who are looking forward to that great banquet feast of God that he's going to hold uh, whenever he makes everything right again. Isaiah chapter 25. As well. Like, I don't know if he didn't understand what Jesus was saying or if he was trying to change the sort subject. Sort of change the subject. Yeah. Or what, but it's kind of comical to me. Yeah, a little bit, right? <laughs> so, whenever he does say maybe that. Maybe he had a little bit too much wine. Yeah, maybe, right? Um, whenever he says that, then Jesus uses that as a chance to tell another parable. Mm-hmm. And that's where he gets into this parable about how this man has everything ready for his banquet now, and it's ready to go. And he's a, he is telling those who he's invited previously, come on, it's time it's for the banquet. Yeah. Yep. What they do is send him back some of the lamest excuses we could ever hear. And I think that's absolutely what we're finding out in this parable. So whenever they say, he says everything is ready, all of them, it says in verse 16, uh, 18, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. No way. <laughs> Nobody's buying a field before they ever have set eyes on it. And this guy's excuse is, well, I bought a field and now I have to go take a look this at it. This is worse than the it's, dog ate my That's I mean, It's horrible. Horrible. Yes. So we go to the next one. And another said, I bought five yoke of oxen. That is no small amount of oxen. That is, this is not, not at all a small purchase. I bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. Right. Really? You even examined them? You bought five Cadillacs and you don't even know what they look like. I mean, uh, ridiculous. This is absurd. Of course not. This is crazy. This is just an excuse. The guy doesn't want to go. So he's making an excuse. Verse 20. And another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Okay. Weddings were planned for months and months, if not years. And so the very idea that these two big banquets would be on the same day, no, this would have been well, widely considered like and planned out on the at the right time to not conflict with the importance of this banquet that his great friend had invited. It him just to. sounds like I got married. That's right. And I kept to stay home with my wife. Yeah. So maybe it was it's either making light of the fact of the marriage planning or it's making light of the fact of the marriage itself. Oh, I just got married. Like you, like you just go out and get married on a whim. No, that doesn't happen. Not in this culture. That's not how marriages work. So, uh, so he's making Why an excuse too. From going to a banquet. Everybody's making excuses. Right. Um, and so he says, 
the the master of the banquet verse 21 so the servant came and reported all these things to his master and the master of the house became very angry and said to the servant go out quickly the streets and lanes of the city bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame the very people that he set up here should be invited Mm -hmm. to these kinds of yep and so whenever he sends the servant out to do this says the servant said sir what you commanded has been done still there's room now i do think these poor crippled blind and lame these represent the people of jewish society who are not who are socially unacceptable tax collectors prostitutes people poor you know unclean yes exactly that's all these people right so the master has a banquet those who are invited gave lame excuses we don't want to come you know because they'd rather not come and they've had they decided they have other things to do as stupid as that sounds and so he is going to fill his banquet hall with the people who you thought weren't weren't worth inviting yeah that's right and then the servant gets all those that he can and puts them in the banquet hall and still there's room left so he tells the master and master says okay verse 23 and the master said to the servant go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled he wants to fill his house with guests well highways and hedges now we're going out a distance we're going out a ways from the house and we're getting to the borders of the property that's the hedges and these roads where people pass by if they're out of town they're just going through this is gentiles this is gentile um, stuff so now we've got the Jews who are not not acceptable, unacceptable, and Gentiles even are being invited to the master's They're banquet, get and to the come ones to this who great banquet. Yep, exactly. So the ones who won't get to come are the ones who are invited in the first place, who have decided they have better things. They They're think they have better things to do. It, which yeah. is, I mean, it's the same story we've heard over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. So really. Uh, an important passage again for us to look at and see what Luke is doing as he continues to highlight Jesus's concern for the poor, the blind, the downtrodden, those who are not acceptable in social settings, and then also the Gentiles and their everything is included here in this parable as Jesus talks to these people invited into the Pharisees home. So really setting things on their heads again and giving us a lesson about having our priorities straight what are we really setting up our life to move toward if the banquet if if we were told the master's banquet is ready now it's time to go and we had had something else that we were like well i just i really would like to take care of this first we obviously don't have an understanding of how important this banquet i think we have a real tendency to get too busy with life to prioritize our relationship with god and i think that's playing in here we we're just so busy with silly things in life mm-hmm. that we put that above the things that we need to be doing for God. And yeah. um, so yeah. when he calls us, we may not, you know. Right. We've, we've arranged all our time around this. We may not be ready. These basic worldly things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. So it's Oof. not something we want to think about That's or hear, but it's the truth. We can't make excuses for not being ready for God. And That's right. And to go about what he's asked us to do. Yeah. It's a great banquet. This yeah. is a man who's going to throw this great banquet. <laughs> and they're making Co- some Coming excuses. up with reasons why they're not going to go. It's 
sounds Insane. so ridiculous. And yet, think about how when God calls us to come and spend time with Him, mm-hmm. and we make excuses, mm-hmm. it's even more ridiculous than yeah. that. Yeah. The God of the universe wants to spend time with us. And we're finding reasons why we can't right now. Right. Yeah. Whew. Well, it's going to lead us straight into verse 25 and following too. So keep that in mind as we move toward our next time of being with y'all. But we really appreciate you joining us for this time. We've uh, gone through this whole dining at the Pharisee's house. and uh, Next time we're going to move out of that. But, um, but it kind of sounds like he's still talking to him. But we've got these crowds that are accompanying him. We're kind of moving in another direction, but very much have very aligned stories and thoughts going on here so um, start with verse 25 next time yeah we'll have a great time and we look forward to talking to you then we hope you have a terrific few days stay in the word god bless